This week's podcast brought to you in part by Audible.com. Get your free audiobook download by visiting www.audibletrial.com slash WDS to choose from over 85,000 titles for your iPod or MP3 player. Please. Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm Doug from Hoobastank. Hi, this is Josie Loren. Hi, this is John Bon Jovi. And I'm Richie Sambor. Hello. I'm Tommy Lee. Hi, this is Molly Bryant. This is Alicia Witt. Hey, this is Jennifer Love Hewitt. Hey, what's up? This is Kelly Clarkson. Hi, this is Julie Mann. Hello, I'm Phil Collins. Hi, this is Brandy, the winner of The Apprentice. Hi, this is Chelsea Hobbs. Hey, this is Lindsay Lohan. Hi, this is Joy Nordenstrom of Joy of Romance, Inc. This is Alec Baldwin. Hi, this is Christina from Survivor Redemption Island. Hi, I'm Holly Jorgensen, creator of Make It or Break It, and you are listening to What Do They Say? Did you hear... Did you hear? 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 What do they say? Now you get to hear what Duvet has to say. What? Did you have something to say? <laughs> no. <laughs> You are listening to the official podcast of the What Do They Said Cultural Entertainment Digest, found at whatdothesaid.com. I am your host, Jason Duplissy, coming at you from Duvet's studio south in the Hollywood Hills of Los Angeles, California. And joining me, as always, is the man who is the host of the show that is up for the Best Podcasting Award for Podsafe Music, Bob Duvet himself. <laughs> wow. I, 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 that's exciting. Um I am podcasting you, Jason, from the very original, the epicenter of the Occupy movement, the kitchen of my apartment here in San Francisco, California, Robert Bob Duvet, with you. Excellent. Clap, 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 clap. I have uh, two. Di- I have a disclaimer before I touch on what you just said. Okay, go ahead. One is that I feel like I'm coming down with a cold, and I, I felt like I've been coming down with a cold for two days now. Um. Wednesday, uh, this is Wednesday, Monday, I ignored it. And yesterday I felt it creeping on. So I went and bought some over the counter nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, stuffy head fever so I could rest medicine. Ah, Uh, not a sponsor. So I won't mention them. Technically, this is Thursday, too, if you're confused at home. Oh, my goodness. You're right. See, so that's my disclaimer. I, 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 I don't drink anymore. It's been nine years. Thank you very much since I've had any booze at all. Thank you. Thank you. Dear friend of the show, Mackenzie Phillips herself, wished me a happy birthday on Twitter, which is what they call oh, that's your awesome. sobriety birthday. Yes. Uh, but anyway, I'm a little out of it. That's the short version. And then the second thing I want to say addresses you being in the middle of... Oh, oh! by the way, I'm, I'm also making some tea right now. So at some point during the opening broadcast here, I'm going to... You might hear some tea kettle go off and me making some oh, tea. Oh, I like that. I could, it's yeah. homey. Just to take care of my Head in the fall. Right. What... Uh, is there an Occupy San Francisco thing happening? There's an Occupy Los Angeles thing happening. Well, as you know, Jason... For the last two years, I have been occupying my apartment with, along with Reba and Renfro and Galvin. And I would like to think that we kind of started this whole movement off. So, yes, there is an Occupy movement going on in San Francisco. In addition to the kitchen of my apartment, there's one going on at Justin Herman Plaza. They were out in front of uh, City Hall for a while. And in Oakland, I think there's two separate locations where people are occupying. Where are they occupying hmm. in L.A.? 
Uh, I believe they're occupying outside of City Hall. I heard a little news blurb yesterday that uh, last week when it was raining, the mayor actually came out and gave the occupiers ponchos, like handed out 100 oh. ponchos as in a bit of like, we support you and whatnot. And then like, oh, he swag. actually took a, what was that? I said swag. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but then I heard that this week he actually took a look at what they were complaining about, something about the way the banks were handling the city finances, and he realized that there was absolutely nothing he could do about it. So now he's now he's pissed at them. Ooh, did he take back the ponchos? I don't think he did, but that would be that would be worthwhile. And also, there's a lot of discussion about they're trampling the grass and who's going to water the grass and that sort of thing. Well, you want to hear something funny? What's going on here, which is entirely predictable. Um, in Oakland, and if Justin Herman applause, that's a little bit more, you know, political in San Francisco. Um, Oakland is when you see the the faces of the people that are occupying in Oakland, it just looks like the usual ragtag bunch of agitators and protesters. And now they've been uh, taken a task for all the pot smoking that's going on at the Occupy camp. And uh, apparently that's, uh, you know, that's not, it's being frowned upon that and the pissing in public. Hmm. Interesting. Well, the bees! The, <laughs> cut, cut your hair. <laughs> cut your goddamn hair, you hippies. The, the important thing in a protest is numbers. You know, there, if you, if you just have a couple people who actually believe in the cause and then you have a bunch of people, oh, hold on. I hear my tea. You hear that? Ooh. Oh, this is uh. live folks, live and taped. Okay. Uh, so if you have a couple people who are actually the negotiators of the protest, maybe we'll have a little chamomile. Um, Ooh, nice. And then if you just have a bunch of numbers of people who support them, that's like any war. You know, you have generals and you have soldiers. So who cares if they're smoking pot or trampling grass as long as they're there to support the movement. But what I've been hearing down here about any of these kind of Occupy places, Occupy Wall Street or Occupy Oakland, or Occupy Muncie, wherever they're occupying, is what do they get when they, what do they get? Like, how do they know when they win? That's been the issue that I'm seeing that's being reported on, you know, on the, uh, the MSNBC, say, or, or in the Times, is that at some point they have to have some sort of stated goals I mean, I don't know that they have to, but that's what people want from them so that there's um, a, you know, a point to the cause. And I think right now it's just, you know, a general ang anger at things. But unless they get more organized and it's, you know, going to have to take shape in the form of uh, some sort of voting mass and you know, stated goals or else it's just going to be kind of, you know, f fledgling and – a guarantee when the winter hits in New York, you're not going to have many people occupying the park out there. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because what I mean, so we'll when, when it's over, do they say, "Yeah, I guess, guess we're no longer angry. We'll we'll go home now." Uh, who knows? Who knows? I know that I've been hoping for this for quite some time. I I I've been saying for a couple of years now, when are people going to get pissed off? And finally, people are getting pissed off, and I think it's the reality is hit the hit. Mostly the youth of today that there are no jobs for you, folks. And so uh, you got to get pissed. Take a billy club to the head and uh, make, your, make your voice heard. 
Well, I, 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 I agree with that. It's important to hear your voice heard, but your voice is only heard if you have something to say. So exactly. I saw like a video show. Uh, a, a, on Monday where somebody created a short film where they spliced video of Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama talking about the protesters in the Arab Spring, Egypt, and all those countries that had those uprisings and mm. supporting the need for dissenting voices and supporting the people and overthrowing governments. And they showed video of the Egyptian police tackling the protesters and dragging them off. And then they would intercut pictures of American police hauling Americans away and whatnot and showing the Tea Partiers sitting there with guns not being attacked and the Occupy Wall Streets who don't have guns and are smoking pot getting hit by billy clubs and things like that. Um, and it's all very interesting, but it's it the A, that's just propaganda. And two, um, <laughs> what is the voice? You know, the people in, in Egypt were trying to topple the government. Um, or, and the people in the hippies in the 60s were trying to stop a war. Uh, the people now are, what are they trying to do? They're trying to make it so that they can create YouTube videos of quitting their job with marching bands behind them. They want fairness. I love how it's, it's such a, an extension of, um, you know, being a, a, a like kind of disgruntled teen. It's not fair. Capitalism's not fair. <sighs> you know? I mean, I agree. It is not fair. The deck is stacked. And uh, yeah, get plugged in. You know, take things over, create your own destiny, but sitting around saying, it's not fair. You know, we're, we're 99% and we don't get any of the money. Well, guess what? You love your iPhones. You love all your major corporations. You give them all the money and they have all the power. Stop buying their shit. Then you'll get a little fairness because that's how capitalism works. Yeah, exactly. You're either an idea person or the person who puts the money behind the idea person or you're the person who executes the person's idea. That's capitalism. That's those are your choices. You can do all of those things. And only uh two of them has any money in it. And most of us are the mm -hmm. people who are out there executing the person's idea. We go to the job where the person is a boss and is working on the idea. You know, so if you have a big idea, if you can create the iPhone and actually get people to listen to you to do it, then do it. But mainly you're hanging out and smoking pot and playing your acoustic guitar. And I can go to any yeah. coffee shop to see someone play an acoustic guitar. You know what? I would suggest this, Jace. Send us your big ideas to yeah. what do they said at gmail.com or tweet them. So much. Yeah. Yeah. Or tweet them to us at. Bob Duvet, that's uh, that's me, essentially, at capital B-O-B, capital D-U-V-E-T. That's uh, that's our Twitter. Our Twitter numbers are growing as well. You can always call us at 415-937-0445 with your big ideas. We promise to uh, shepherd them and, and give you partial credit. And we are on Mevio by gum. And uh, numbers are doing great on Mevia. I've been really pleased with that since we've joined. So uh, you can find us by going to uh, whatdovaysaid.mevio.com. And, uh, you know, or just go to mevia.com and type in whatdovaysaid. We come up and you can get this fine podcast as long as the nominated whatdovaysaid about music podcast 
and uh, any other propaganda that we put up there. You can put your YouTube videos about how disgruntled you are and how not fair life is. <laughs> I want to be gruntled. <laughs> not disgruntled? <laughs> yeah, it's time for us to move into gruntle. I agree, man. There's not enough gruntling going on. No, not nearly enough gruntling. Hey, do we have any guests today on the show now that we're 10 minutes into it? Funny you should say that because we do. We have we have one uh, we have oh, how about one and a half guests. We have <laughs> Guy Fieri. Do you know who Guy Fieri is or Guy Fieri from the Food Network? Uh, I know he's, of the name. Yeah, I don't really watch the Food he's, Network. He's the host of uh, Triple D, Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives. He's been in oh, the yeah. news lately. Uh, Food Network star. And he is here to review, refute claims that, you know, not only does he look like a douchebag, but there's actually talk going on that he's an actually, in fact, a real live douchebag. Apparently, he has been called to task by a former producer for making uh, – for being basically homophobic, sexist, and a, a juvenile man-child. So he's going to be on our show to refute that. And we have – a. Actually, uh, he, yeah, he seems to be making a pass at Reba right now, and uh, I think he suspects Galvin might be gay. So this yeah. ought to be interesting. Yeah, I'm happy to have him here because I was looking for a place to put my used douche. <laughs> ah, yes, sir. Other, uh, our half guest. I don't know if, if, if you've been watching the Viography channel lately, but we have a new sexy spokesperson. Oh, really? Is it Diane Cannon? Mm-hmm. That's my latest oh, biography kind of obsession. Very close. If you can get Diane Cannon to be on the show, though, I would be all for it. No, we have Priscilla Barnes. So if people don't know who Priscilla Barnes was, she was the one that was not Chrissy on Three's Company. Oh, and not only that, she wasn't uh, the other one. Exactly. <laughs> was that Jenny Lee Harrison? Yes, it was Jenny Lee Harrison. I was trying to remember her character name. She was Chrissy's cousin. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. If, write in whatduvaysaid at gmail.com, and we will give you a prize for sure. Yeah, if you can tell us what if, uh, Jenny Lee Harrison's name was, or for that matter, what Priscilla Barnes' character's name was. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea. I was going to try and look that up, and I decided since she's not really here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is she? what does she half got to talk to us about? Um, she's just uh, – we're, we're actually just using her – her legginess as a kind of a in- introducer to our various biography show and programming things. She's kind of like a host. Okay, good. Well, I'm happy to have Priscilla aboard um, and uh, check out that Diane Cannon biography special. Ah, I can't wait to see that one. I love her in Heaven Can Wait. Yeah, uh, she's great in Heaven Can Wait, and but really she's she's also great in Return of the Pink Panther. Um, or no, Revenge of the Pink Panther, my mistake. But uh, truly, Diane Cannon's most shining moment is in Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Is that about swinging? Uh, I guess I've never actually seen it. I've just seen stills of it of her in it, and uh. I want to see it. But uh, so, but I know it from the Viagra Channel special. Whatever. Um, great. Anything in the news? No, nah, we're not there yet. That's the Nyquil talking. Oh, sorry. Screech. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, just two things to get out of the way before we get into the new seg- segment. One, yeah, you're a smart guy, and, and you. you know things. So I want to ask you this question. I'm watching – I don't know if you heard that Gaddafi was, was killed in Libya. 
Uh, I saw the headline briefly today. I haven't been up for very long because of the NyQuil, but I saw that he was dead. I I, I didn't really pay much heed to it because I I don't know how you, that you can confirm something like that. But tell me, enlighten me. Well, they got him. Uh, I, I apparently, he was outside of his hometown. It was you know a, a battle. I think NATO might have been involved in blowing up uh, his escape. He was trying to escape a VA. Those aren't the details I was even interested in, you know, like, but they're showing pictures of the, you know, victorious, I guess, militias or whatever, um, celebrating in the streets of, you know, Tripoli and, and outside of uh, Gaddafi's hometown. And they're just sitting there firing their automatic weapons into the sky, <laughs> ah, dancing around and firing their guns off the sky. And my question for you, Jason, is where do those bullets go? <laughs> they come back down and they hit. Right? And, and do they just kill innocent children playing soccer in the streets? How does that work? Yeah, I believe they do. Uh, I, the, the velocity of a falling bullet is, I, I, you know, 9.25 miles per second or whatever the... It's just gravity. Whatever, the, yeah. whatever gravity is, I forget. So it, it, much in the same way that if you drop a penny off the Empire State Building, it would hit someone in the head and kill them. Falling bullets... Yeah kill people um i that's why you don't shoot them into the air on new year's right don't people get killed by falling right. bullets in union square yeah yeah so okay, i think that would actually so be get it hysterical. together fucking militias <laughs> i think that would be hysterical if they just sat there saying yay and shot all their bullets up in the air and then sat there meditating or something and then all got killed by their own bullets hailing down yeah on like them. as they're celebrating all of a sudden they just start dropping bing 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 <laughs> yeah I don't know. I just uh, I, I, I believe, though, that bullets like they, they reach the end of their velocity up in the air. And then if they catch wind or whatever, they don't fall directly back down where you shoot them up in the air. There's there's all sorts of factors and depending because uh, bullets. I'd bullets, imagine somebody's getting hit by these stray bullets, though. Yeah. Well, you know, they're they're speeding bullets, so they go pretty fast. So they're, they're landing somewhere. I think I saw a Mythbusters episode about that where they shoot a bullet into the air and try to find where it lands in a field later. Hey, speaking of speeding bullets, we have a swag bag to give out. Ooh, it's been quite a while. Who's getting our swag this week? Uh, a friend of the show, Lindsay Lowen. Wow, she's been getting a lot of swag from us. She gets a lot of swag, I think, in general, and she's going to be getting probably a whole lot more. I don't know if you've been following. Lowen's been in the news lately. Yeah, I saw the picture of her handcuffed wrists. Yes, apparently she has not been playing ball with the court-ordered, uh, you know, the community service and whatnot. She was supposed to. This is the best. She was supposed to go and work at a woman's center in downtown L.A. Mm -hmm. and, you know, 360 hours or something crazy like that. And she just kind of was blowing it off and not showing up. Or when she did show up, she'd stay for an hour and leave and not taking it seriously at all. And then she had the nerve to say in the court when pressed on this, she said, well, I just didn't find it fulfilling. <laughs> so here's what she might find fulfilling. What we've okay. included in our swag bag and feel free Jace to add anything. If you hear something that I missed, I want you to toss it in because we've got to get this out to Reba. Reba, you got the swag bag ready. Reba's getting it together right now. We're going to send her some crest white strips because I don't know if you've seen her teeth lately, but they are quite gnarly. In fact, I think they're, she may be dealing, maybe smoking too many cigarettes 
and uh, doing too much crystal meth. We can't mm-hmm. verify that, but we are going to send her some Crest White Strips because we want her smile to be bright, not a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Next, Good. we have taken it upon ourselves. Reba and Renfro has been spending all night bedazzling a mop for her morgue duty. Hmm. And this just in, she didn't show up to the morgue today as was ordered by the judge. She had to be there by 8 o'clock. Her assistant called at uh, 10 after 8 saying they're on their way, and then she didn't show up, so they turned her away. So she's going to have to answer for that too because she couldn't make it to the morgue on time. (laughs) That's going to be the (laughs) only time you hear that about Lindsay Lohan. (laughs) Yeah, right? Exactly. Um, We're also going to give her – a copy of Helen Reddy's I Am Woman, because I think that might be uh, inspiring to her. And maybe she might take the whole uh, opportunity to, you know, see how the other half lives a little bit more seriously. You're a big Helen Reddy fan, aren't you? I love Helen Reddy. And I think what we should also give uh, Lindsay Lohan is, you know who you never hear about? The other Lindsay Lohan who is in The Parent Trap. Like, what happened to her? Where's her career gone? Like, we know what happened to the one who became famous, but the other one? I bet she's living a really fine life somewhere. Huh. That's it. We should look into that. Reba! Find the other Lindsay Lohan! <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, and, we know what happened to Mary-Kate this... and Ashley. Exactly. They, they fused into one. Now they're Mary-Ashley. Yeah. This one, I think, is going to be of particular use to her. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to supply her with a complimentary neck tattoo. And we'll wait until she actually gets into prison so she can, you know, the, whoever claims her as, as their bitch, can, she can have a, a nice script, a nice cursive script, the tattoo of that person's name on her neck. Because I have a feeling that's where this is going. Wonderful. And in the interest of, you know... Fair play. We're going to include another chance also in the swag bag, in addition to the swag. And perhaps her most fulfilling experience might just be prison. So we will include some moist towelettes. I'm sure she's going to need them. Mm-hmm. This looks like where this is heading. You can't, uh, you know, you can't fly in the face of justice forever. So uh, sadly, Lindsay uh, hopefully will take this. Uh, maybe we'll also throw in a couple cartons of cigarettes. That ought to get her started too. Well, yeah, maybe you should get her some Crest Whitening cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The two would cancel each other out. But that's uh, that's our swag bag for Lindsay Lohan. Congratulations, Lilo. I hope that you enjoy it. God, man. How many chances does a person get? You or I would be in jail. I guarantee that. I'm already in jail. A jail of your, a prison of your own creation? Oh, actually, you know what? I got a speeding ticket uh, back in July which was just ridiculous. I was going 81 on the freeway when everyone else around me was going 80, but it was clearly a speed trap. They had set up speed traps up and down in Santa Clarita there as you approach Grapevine heading up to Northern California. And I just worked off my speeding ticket by doing online traffic school. Ooh, that's the chain gang of the modern age. It is, and it's just... Horrible. I started to tell this story and I'm reliving the horror of it, so I don't even want to go there. Let's talk about the news. Yes, sir. Everybody, let me see your hands. It's the news segment. 
I feel like we haven't done the new segment in a while. We kind of did a, a a different sort of approach to it in our last show, and then we had a week off because you were uh, away, and I'm now away. we're back, and it feels good. Good. Well, let's not postpone the feel good any longer. All right, let's do this. Here comes the first news story. <laughs> Sesame Street hacked with triple X content. Oh, no. Why do people do that? That's like that rescuers. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, basically, uh, let's see here. We interrupt your regular scheduled programming. This is brought to us by the fine people of Gawker, not a sponsor, but we hope to be on their show one day. And uh, YouTube channel for Sesame Street was currently down because it fell victim to a nefarious hacking entity that removed all of the Sesame Street content and then reprogrammed the page with hardcore porn. They didn't even have the decency to do softcore porn. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So I wonder if they, basically they were just up on the site was just nothing but um, Bert and Ernie segments. Yeah, probably. Or Big Bird. Big Bird, right? Oscar the Grouch. What goes on in the garbage pail when you yeah, don't see him? Exactly. Zoe, huh? Zoe and Elmo. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah uh, so uh yeah, that's, you know, I guess that's uh Snuffleupagus. Snuffleupagus. You see the trunk on that guy? <laughs> oh, gee, bird. I don't I guess uh, you have to believe in Snuffleupagus to see the trunk on him. I think uh, everybody sees Snuffleupagus now. Oh, really? Everybody does? So he's not... I haven't watched Sesame Street in a while. He's not a shadowy entity? No, he's not. He's... They... Like all things politically correct, that got changed so that for some reason or another. That uh, Snuffleupagus gets seen and Cookie Monster eats more than just cookies now. And I don't oh, think because Mr. Of the, yeah, the obesity. Ah. Uh, well, there you go. Things change. Got to move on. <laughs> Let's move on. on to another news story. Yeah, okay. Wait, was that a... Um, I've always had my suspicions about Sesame Street, so it's not a <laughs> shocker. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right, let's go to this. This one was interesting to me, and I'm curious on your take. But there's a news story coming out of Pittsburgh, CBS Pittsburgh, it looks like here. And the headline reads, Alleged American Idol Trespasser in Court. And basically what happened is they were having the American Idol tryouts. And this woman, her name is Brittany Acosta, 21, was arrested when the police say she tried to force her way into the competition. So she didn't go through the proper channels. She shows up at the tryouts, tries to force her way in. And she's, this is what her quote was. I guess your dreams can get you arrested sometimes. And it goes on to say, I'm not leaving. This is what she said to the police. I'm not leaving. This is my dream. My life is ruined. Now I ask you, Jason, you're a performer and you've mm. been performing and working in the business for quite some time. Yep. Is this the only way that she can pursue her dream? What happened to, I don't know, singing in a band or a lounge somewhere and going that route? Is American Idol the only option, avenue for a 21-year-old who fancies herself a singer? Yes. That's the only option because people don't see any other option. And the only option for her is to do it her way because she's unique and an individual and 
she's got to bust in and show how she's doing it her way that she's unique that's that's the only I'm way so sick of it. uniqueness <laughs> i think we need to uh, the occupy people should it, toss this into the agenda we're not all that unique all right some of us are just you know plebeian masses how's that mm-hmm. or even better so, uh, we're people yes? who do it the way that it's set up to be done and we participate in competition. We participate in healthy competition that either makes us stronger or brings us reward. I like it. Uh, that, that's some hippie talk. <laughs> We're going to get letters. Oh, no. What do you said at gmail.com? Because your emails mean so much. <laughs> I love it. You, you get like a slightly kind of, you know, I don't know, sort of uh, more relaxed presence. It's the NyQuil speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so I'll ask you this. Is, 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 in fact, the fact that this woman's life is ruined by not being allowed to participate on American Idol tryouts a shocker? shocker! Um, no, I'm going to say it's not a shocker! Because th it doesn't surprise me that, that she thinks that's the way it's supposed to be done. You hear over and over and over again about how people are... I, I was watching a movie last night called uh, Mr. Warmth, the Don Rickles project. And <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's just about Don Rickles and his life and his career. And they interview a bunch of people, talking heads, talking about Don Rickles. And the deal with Don Rickles is like he can say anything and insult you and you love it. Like you want to be picked on by... Don Rickles and they're showing him doing his stage act and he's like sticking his teeth out and making slanty eyes and making Jap jokes and you know he's just being like the most horribly offensive thing and they're, they're everyone's like he can do it because he's funny you know he's Don Rickles you let him he give him a pass because he's funny um you hockey pucks <laughs> yeah yeah hockey pucks and it's true man you watch Don Rickles and it's 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 hysterical like it's totally funny because he's he actually I, you know whatever I, I recommend the movie it's really well worth seeing it's streaming on the Netflix Rob I recommend you check it out okay not a sponsor I will check that out you can see it um <laughs> but the, you know you you watch enough of these specials and I've seen enough of these specials I watched the Harry Nielsen documentary you watch the uh -huh. I haven't seen it yet but I, I finally got a copy of the George Harrison documentary and I want to watch it and you hear over and over and over again John Lennon you hear about the greats Steve Jobs that follow a different drum they, 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 they're terrible at school but they just needed to perform and they did it their own way and that's the, that, that seems to be the way to make it everybody says well this is how it happened and this is how I do it but what people don't realize is everybody feels that way about themselves Everybody mm -hmm. feels like their childhood was different and they were ostracized and they were on the outside. And if everybody feels like they're on the outside, everybody's in. Everybody's the same. Yeah. We're, we're, we're all the same. Baby, we're the same, as some, uh, some singers once sang. Well, that's the thing. We've talked about this with tattoos. You know, before a tattoo used to signify something, you know, it used to be, make you an other. But now since everybody's got a tattoo, there's no real, you know, difference between everybody, the, the, those with the tattoos. You know, I see moms with tattoos, flowers or butterflies or, you know, you know, 
the the foster uh, tasty freeze guy. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But at any rate, yeah, it it, ce- it ceases to be really a signifier of anything. You know, we all can't be different, people. Mm-hmm. Can't some of us just be the same? I'm so tired. When we get to the Survivor segment, that was one thing I noticed about Survivor was all those tattoos. Nice. Just everywhere you look, a tattoo. We're going to get there soon after this story. Though I love this one. You're going to love this one, too. This is uh, from Seattle, uh, seattle.com, cbsseattle.com. And the headline, Washington father arrested for forcing daughter into renaissance battle. (laughs) I got to read this. This is great. Let me just read, read this so we get a little context. What began as a man's attempt to discipline his child turned into a sordid case of abuse. When police say a Washington man forced his 16-year-old daughter to don Renaissance armor and engage in a wooden sword battle for two hours. With him? So the 38-year-old man and his daughter were fighting, and he was attempting to punish her from running away from home. (laughs) No wonder why, huh? And uh, he started with switches off a tree, and then I guess uh, he must be some sort of renaissance aficionado they put on the armor and from 2 a.m to 4 a.m they were dueling until she was reportedly no longer able to stand god that's the wimpiest night i've ever heard the knight who has to fight the 16 year old girl to vanquish wow what lesson where is the lesson in that (laughs) what's the takeaway Listeners, you care to weigh in? <laughs> I just don't know. 415-937-0445. Yeah, let us know because I don't get it. That's great, though. What a <laughs> what a ballsy lunatic. There's only one way to settle this. <laughs> <laughs> Me, lady? <laughs> I mean, he must have been just like high off of a, a tryptophan from eating a huge turkey leg. And then it was like this idea popped into his head. I, suppose... I love the fact that it was for two hours, though. Two yeah. epic hours from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. Yeah, seriously. He was loaded. That's the problem. He'd had a lot of mead. <laughs> yeah, they ought to ban mead in Washington State. <laughs> yeah, because this is Maybe it was there. grog. It doesn't say. Hmm. Well, I hope she learned her lesson and never runs away again. So, yeah, right. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Is a 38-year-old man challenging his 16-year-old daughter to a renaissance duel a... Yeah, I, I think that is a... <laughs> I'm with you, man. <laughs> Absolutely with you on that one. That's terrible. It's great when the news still has the ability to shock us. All right, here we go. I'm just these are, I'm going to throw a couple quick facts at us and we'll get out of the news. Okay. Um, but this this one might be interesting, Jace, mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. This is on a positive question to you. Okay, positive away. All right, these are ten Halloween costumes to avoid, ah. and I'm going to list them. Okay. And then you can maybe add one to our list. Okay, or maybe I'll comment or ask questions as we go along. Okay, perfect. Uh, the first one they say avoid, Michelle Bachman. <laughs> okay. Because I think it's hard. With Sarah Palin, you had some distinguishing characteristics, um, glasses, 
you know, that sort of way she dressed. With Bachman, a little bit harder unless you actually possess the thousand-yard stare. Right. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll agree to that. Avoid Michelle Bachman. Moving on. They're saying Steve Jobs, a little too soon and not very creative. Okay. And zombie Steve Jobs is a no-go, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Casey Anthony or Amanda Knox. Fair enough. I've heard there's actually Casey Anthony masks out there. You can buy Casey. Anthony. Yeah, yeah. So expect to see a lot of people walking around in those carrying babies, mm. which is a, it's a little hardcore. Oh, it's Halloween. Come on, he's then, like Don Rickles. Oh, come on, Halloween. All bets are off. You hockey pucks. <laughs> we have Anthony Weiner. Do you remember Anthony Weiner? I do. He was Weinergate. That's right, Wienergate. So you're saying he is not a good a costume as well. We have uh, Zombie Amy Winehouse, uh, which I think is a good costume. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't disagree with Zombie Amy Winehouse. I think that's fine. This one hits close to home. Occupy Wall Street protesters. So expect to see people dressed as themselves, holding up signs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. And uh, oh, and and doing the dick in the box costume uh which originally aired in 2008 it's a it's it's not currently in vogue or very creative they're saying Mm. so those are the ones that they list what do you have any that you think should be on that list well i'd say don't go as a renaissance fighter because you might end up in (laughs) battle in the wee hours of the morning Challenge to a duel. Yeah, I'd say don't go as Priscilla Barnes or Jenny Lee Harrison because nobody will know who you are. <laughs> uh, how uh, about Gaddafi? Is it too soon? Yeah, I, th- I was about to say you could go as Gaddafi. That's a pretty good one. I might go as uh, our our guest, uh, Guy Fieri. Yeah, go as Guy Fieri. Or you could go as a happy and satisfied customer of Audible.com. <laughs> Oh, you're good. Audible.com is the premier download audiobook site where you can listen to any and all audiobooks that you can think of. Over 85,000 titles to choose from on your portable MP3 listening device, your iPod, your iPhone, your iPad, your iAnything. Uh, and they got, uh, uh, you can get 14-day free trial and a free book, a free book that you can download. Any book that you can see in out of their 85,000 uh, title library you can download and listen to for free if you visit the following website so they, they know you're coming from us. That's audibletrial.com slash WDS. The WDS stands for what Duvet said. Audibletrial.com slash WDS to take advantage of this spectacular offer from audibletrial.com. We love them at Audible. We couldn't do this show without them. Are you listening to anything right now, Rob? Any book you're listening to? I am. Thank you for asking. I am actually listening to Guy Fieri Food, Cooking It, Living It, Loving It, by Guy Fieri, and it's narrated, oddly enough, by Carson Kressley from Dancing with the Stars. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you can check that book out, too, and follow along with Rob. AudibleTrial.com slash WDS. AudibleTrial.com slash WDS. AudibleTrial.com slash WDS. Go today. Go now. Go often. You'll be glad that you did. And you got to listen to something on those weeks that we're off. Absolutely. Yeah, this is a good way. Good way to fill that gap that time. We love Audible. You will, too. Excellent. All right. Is there uh, wow. in other news or topics yes. of discussion? Yes. To, to another news. Okay. To another news. Okay. And you're going to like <laughs> this one I loved. I caught this one just before we went to air. 
and uh, I love it because it's uh, the Rapture guy is back. Oh, and here it is—the new, the, the updated, new and improved Rapture. The world is going to end tomorrow again, probably. It says. Wow, tomorrow again, huh? Yeah, Harold yeah, Camping, famed professional Rapture predictor. I think you can only get away with predicting the Rapture like maybe once, maybe twice. But if you're on your third or fourth prediction of the rapture and it hasn't happened, I question your qualifications, Mr. Camping. I would believe him more if he said, when the rapture comes, the man from Mars will eat guitars. <laughs> that would be a much, much better way to get the kids interested in the rapture. <laughs> really? Do you really think the kids know that? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. Good point, man. Uh, here's, here's one that I know you'll love. Mm -hmm. It says, Mexican Clown Convention holds Laugh for Peace. Hmm. I don't this trust... This is great, because you don't trust clowns? I don't trust Mexican clowns. <laughs> oh, interesting. They ought to be encircled in a wired electric, electrified fence. <laughs> exactly. God, Let's occupy Mexican clowns. Exactly. Did you, uh, speaking of clowns, did you catch any of the Republican presidential debate? No, I heard a little bit of it being recapped on a, a, a talk radio station as, as I was driving to an audition on Monday at an audition in Santa Monica at 4.30. I left my house at 3. I got back home at 6.20 p.m. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. So I had a lot of time to listen to Hope it. the audition went well. So horrible. Don't, yes. don't ever send me to Santa Monica at 4.30, please. I know. Who does that? Who books that? I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was, it was dreadful. Dreadful. I think that's what started to make me sick. But anyway, uh, mm. you were going to say something about the Republicans, or were you just making a funny about Mexico? Oh, problems? no. I'm beyond them being clowns. I, it's just I watched the debate, and it's really hard to believe that any of these people are being seriously considered for the presidency of the United States, given what, you know, is, is, is coming our way as a nation. I, I just, they're sitting there poking fingers at each other, talking about who hired illegals uh, to mow their lawns and building fences along borders that are electrified and 999 where, I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's just become this, this like theater of the absurd. Yeah, running for office in our country. So uh, it's that's just a bit of we don't have to go into my insight nook, but that would be my insight if I was in my nook, which I'm not. No, no, you're not. You're in other news. Yeah, and you're talking about Mexican clowns. So do you think that the 300 Mexican clowns laughing 50 minutes nonstop will help contribute to world peace? It couldn't hurt. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you, if, you, um, if you buy into the idea that any sort of energy that you put out is changing, changing energy around you, right? So if you walk around angry, then the person that you see is going to be angry at you. So if you walk around happy and you smile at someone, then they'll smile back and you actually spread happiness. So if a bunch of clowns sitting together laughing... If, I mean, if I walked by a group of Mexican clowns laughing, I would be like, what? I mean, it would it would... It would change my day. It would really change my. I attitude, think so. You know. So sure, you've, I think it helps. You've convinced me. You know, I probably you've wouldn't understand them because I didn't speak Spanish, so I, I wouldn't realize they were laughing. 
I'd imagine clowns are going to speak a universal language. Uh, no? <laughs> I just, but you know what? I actually just started thinking about clowns and I got frightened. Yes, I know. Clowns frighten me. No, we'll give a shout out to listener Pat, who is a big fan of clowns, though. So he, I hope he enjoyed this story. Let's get the <laughs> hell out of news. Let's talk about these shows that we love so dearly. All right, let's do it. Yeah, let's talk about our shows. You, let's start with what we're listening to. Pan Am. Are you? Have you? Tell me. Pan Am. We have two weeks. Heavy, of Pan heavy about. sigh. Heavy <laughs> sigh. Ah, uh, I think I'm done. I think I'm done with Pan Am. It's it's really stupid. Okay. Enough said. I actually liked last <laughs> week's episode. The episode where they went to Berlin and the 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 French girl who's worth watching the show for. Um, mm, yes, she had. She's that hot. Sort of, yeah, she had that sort of flashback to being in Germany, of uh, being yeah. in occupied France, arriving in Germany twenty years later, uh, and she she actually had some good little acting going on there, and it it actually made me feel for her as opposed to this week's past week's episode with the guy who's the pilot who had mm -hmm. wants to be an astronaut and had a test pilot yeah. thing. <laughs> I love that. That, I mean, okay. It's a show that's admittedly cheesy. I mean, they're trying to be probably cheesy. I'm sure they're aware of the cheese, but I just can't get invested in any of the people's stories that the whole spy storyline seems to be the dominant one every week. And it's mm -hmm. just so stupid. All it is is her handing off something to somebody and barely doing that well. And then breaking all sorts of rules and having, you know, the, I guess cause she's like, what she does things. She's a spy who does things her own way, but she hasn't proved herself to be very good at anything really. Beyond no. serving people cocktails at thirty thousand feet, so I don't care. I don't care about that storyline. I don't care about the guy who wants to be the astronaut because, okay, so you can't be an astronaut. Big BFD. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're a pilot now. You didn't get to be an astronaut, so now you're a pilot. You know, Dean Kane didn't get to be a football player, and he got to be Superman. Am I right? Yeah. Who's with me here. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny though how they are trying to do things to kind of, uh, you know, spice it up. So, like this, they were in where Burma this this week, past week here, and they have them all in bathing suits, which I thought was funny. And I didn't realize how dinky Christina Ritchie is. She's really dinky. Oh, she's very dinky. Yeah, we were at uh, a restaurant here, Mexico City, and Christina Ricci came in. Uh, she didn't actually stay, but she came in to ask for uh, reservations and was there at the door. And she is teeny, teeny, tiny. Wow, yeah, she looks it. I mean, they, they even put her in heels at the at the pool, which, you know, just to make her a little bit taller. Yeah, but that was a, a gratuitous amount of cheesecake, them all sitting in bikinis. And then right after that, they had her in her girdle and underwear in her hotel room when she saw the, what was it, the spider or the lizard or whatever it was. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was, it, that's, I mean, yeah, exactly. Which I, I didn't mind that because, you know, whatever, it's kind of hot, hot-ish. But, yeah, I was, uh, I was completely just turning off and that like i think me and you talked a bit off off show about this and at the half hour mark I, I was like it's done right and then it was only a half hour into the show yeah that's exactly what happened to me i thought the show was over and i looked and there was still half an hour left I, i'll tell you what the main problem with the show is 
aside from the fact that Christina Ricci's character has absolutely no background and nothing to do and just says things like, I love Bob Dylan. He's going to be famous. I'll bet money on it. <laughs> is, that, is, that what, is that a quote? It's practically a quote. She said something like that. And then the week before, she's like, I love John F. Kennedy. She like knows everything that's going to be happening. I can't wait for her to say, I love Tang. So... <laughs> But the pro the main problem not a sponsor. <laughs> the main problem with the show is this main storyline, which is the spy storyline. And the problem with it every single week is that she's sent on some task that we don't know the danger of the task. We don't know why she's doing it or why she's a bad guy. Now, if you think yeah. about a show like Get Smart which is the same sort of thing. I mean, it was a broad, ridiculous slapstick comedy, Get Smart was, but it was a spy thing. And every week there was a bit of danger to 99 and 86 because you knew that chaos was out there being the bad guys. They had a, an enemy that they were actually up against every single week. So it didn't matter if it was some ridiculous robot or some ridiculous thing. Whenever they got into a gunfight, there was a bit, at least when I was a kid, there was a bit of like, Oh, no, they're in trouble. There's an actual threat here. There is no threat ever to her and her safety or danger to what she's doing. You know, well, who is she doing this for? Who is it just the Russians or the bad guys or the spies? You know, there's no bad guy. There's no conflict. That's the problem. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. It's a. Uh... It's going to be a tough, tough road, I think, for Pan Am to make it into the the next season or even finish off this season. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm going to stick with it because it did the last week's episode with the Berlin hooked me enough that this week's episode kept my interest uh, through the whole show. Unlike The Amazing Race. Um, ah, and I'm what gonna, happened? Tell I'm, me. Yeah, it happened. I'm going to coin a phrase here. You ready for me to coin a phrase? See if I can come. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. We have music. <laughs> well, we have to wait for pennies from heaven. <laughs> okay, yeah. This is a phrase coining music, um, and expect this to become you know part of the zeitgeist, and this will show up in textbooks right. from years around. I'm gonna call this um, the inattention reprioritization principle. Okay. 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 Sounds heavy. Yeah. And by, by, this, by that, I mean this. When I'm watching a TV program, if my attention wavers during the program that I look down at my iPhone and feel like I could, well, let me just pick up my iPhone and check my email. And if I'm sitting and I get absorbed in my iPhone and glance up at the screen every now and then, but if I mm -hmm. become more attentive to my iPhone and playing games and sending sending messages and checking the web, then the show on the TV screen, it's lost mm -hmm. my attention. My priority has then, my priority has then shifted to the iPhone. Now I'll be doing something, I'll be looking at it, and suddenly something will happen on the screen. I'll go, "Whoa, what the fuck just happened?" And I'll want to rewind and I'll keep watching. You know? uh -huh. And then my attention goes back. My inattentiveness <laughs> goes back to the TV that I'm drifting away from as opposed to my iPhone. Uh, yeah. And so Pan Am kept my interest. I never once picked up my iPhone during Pan Am. I, I watched the whole show. Uh, the Amazing Race, I picked up my iPhone about 20 minutes into it. And by about 50 minutes into it, I realized that I hadn't watched any of it. 
that I could hear it going on what? in the background and I glanced up everything. Nothing grabbed my attention again to keep me from doing what I thought was a better way to spend my inattention, my inattentive reorganization. Yes. Question. Why do you think that was? Um, because I didn't find any, I don't think any of the people are all that interesting. Uh, I didn't, the people who were leaders of the pack continuously kept winning. So there was no underdog scenario for me to grasp onto. And mm -hmm. the, the, the challenges weren't all that challenging. Um, and the, uh, when the challenges did happen. It felt like something I had seen over and over and over again, and it, nothing, nothing grabbed me and 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 excited me about this week's episode of The Amazing Race. Uh, you know, and you know what does it for me too with The Amazing Race? What kind of like turns me off is when it's a non-elimination round, and I feel like it's done that way because they want to keep certain teams going. And I think they're really invested in keeping the twin girls alive in the show. And they're not that interesting. No, none of them are very interesting. The football player is interesting enough, but the, the, bigger... I think it's interesting seeing a football player, a guy, you know, I remember him playing and you know, he was great and he, they won a super bowl. And I, I just like watching his, competitive nature funneled and channeled in a different way mm -hmm. and how how good he is at not swearing <laughs> I he says like things that. like doggone it yeah we're going crazy we're going crazy this week going crazy was that this week when he was going crazy <laughs> i think so i think so uh, setting up beach chairs yeah. and yeah that was stupid that was you're right and now i think back on it it was uh, the the task where the people had to do the um, underwater coral rebuilding yeah. thing was difficult, and I was impressed with how the I know you don't like the these guys the snowboarders handled it. Mm -hmm. I thought they were great with it because they understood currents and things like that, which I which was kind of cool. I was like, oh yeah, that's a good point. These guys surf, so they applied their knowledge of currents, and they were able to like you know, put a rock under their thing to keep it from floating away. And they, they held onto the buoy so that the boat wouldn't float away. It was very smart. Everybody else just really struggled with that. Yeah. Or putting up umbrellas enough. without opening them. It just seems stupid to me. Like people that, that doesn't, while that's impressive that they thought to put a rock on their thing at the bottom of the ocean, that doesn't seem like that big of a st <laughs> mental stretch to me. Putting up umbrellas <laughs> in the wind before you opened makes them difficult to handle. If you don't open the umbrella before you stick it in the ground, yeah. you'll have a much easier time. Why, I, it just I, it doesn't seem like something that I wouldn't have thought of, you know? Yeah, I, and I, I still don't like uh, the 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 woman, the Asian woman. That's just like she always has that look on her face of you know, this isn't going my way. Yeah, uh, you know, like she completely wants to unravel, barely keeping it together. But and let's stop talking about Amazing Race because you're right; it's not worth talking about, really. Yeah, I just I don't think I'll. I think I'm done. I think I might put it on one more time this week just to catch up. But I feel like this past episode, I didn't really watch it. My inattention prior reprioritization mm -hmm. was sweeping the nation. Sweeping the nation. Um, 
So, and I think I'll be just fine without watching it again. It's if if next week's episode doesn't grab me with something spectacular, then I give up on the Amazing Race, and I'll stick around with Pan Am because it's it it, it suits the need. Uh, it's it's a good thing to watch after Dexter, which is requires thought and and attention, and I really enjoy. And then it's good to sort of wash the brain by watching Pan Am. Man, did I tell you that? Speaking of audibles, my wife. Pulled an audible on Gossip Girl. We, we've been watching Gossip Girl now for – I don't even know how many seasons it's been on. It might be six-plus seasons. And we complain before every episode about how it's terrible and we're never watching it again. Mm-hmm. And yet we watch. Well, this time I said that like I normally would and I go to wash my face and I come back. She's like, it's done. And I'm like, what's done? I'm getting ready to watch Gossip Girl, you know? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I deleted it. And I deleted the season pass too. Wow. And we had like two episodes to get caught up on. And I was like bummed. Like I didn't like think she would actually do it. You know, like now I gotta reevaluate the whole relationship. I gotta really watch what I say. I'd be surprised if a week from now, two weeks from now, I ask you if you miss Gossip Girl, I'd be surprised if you actually did miss it, if you were actually jonesing for it or not. Yeah, you're, 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 or I might be going on demand and sneaking the episodes behind my wife's back. Oh, you sneaky bastard. Uh, anyway, let's talk about something we, I don't know, maybe we don't both still enjoy Survivor. Oh, I'm still enjoying Survivor. Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. Because I am too. Take yeah, us away. I don't know what it is about Survivor. The last two seasons, I wasn't enjoying it. I felt like I was feeling about this, this amazing race that I'd seen it all, that nothing was, that I, everything was predictable, and I'd, I'd seen all the scenarios play out. But this season of Survivor, boy, that Brandon Hans, what a lunatic! <laughs> right? God, man, it was funny how Coach was saying like, "Oh my God, I'm seeing like I'm having a flashback," and. <laughs> It's true. Some family traits are very, very strong. But when they showed him marching around looking for the idol, yeah, it was like he was possessed. And I agree with – is it Alf- Alfred? Albert. Alfred, yeah. Um, I agree. Like you can't you, – the coach couldn't tell him that he had the idol after the way Brandon went at looking for it because it would have just – it would have set him off in ways that you can't quite possibly predict. I mean he's yeah. a nut. He's totally a nut. He's crazy, crazy, and that's good stuff. And Ozzy stomping off and having a little pity party for himself was entertaining. Yeah. Well, that's funny because that that shows just how entitled and how Ozzy. They were right about how Ozzy just you know was really coasting and really resting on the laurels of his Ozziness. Yeah. And when they you know made a move that was not one that he, you know, would have endorsed. He completely wanted to take his toys and go home or take his fish or whatever it is he, he was providing. Yeah. His leadership skills. He's just going to drop that dead fish in the water. He's already killed it, but he's going to sh- prove a point by throwing it into the back into the water. Yeah, right? For throwing a dead fish in the water? Is that a, <laughs> should that be phrased out? Don't throw a dead <laughs> fish in the water, Ozzy. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a phrase to phrase out. We're going, we're going long. I can tell already. But uh, yeah. oh well, it's a lot of entertaining stuff on this week, or maybe it's just the Nyquil talking. What well, I, never... I think it's it. We didn't do one last week too, so we've got a lot to say. The yeah, you're right. I'm not gonna sweat it. The thing that I never understand about this show, and I was trying to formulate a good analogy when I was watching it last night, 
and I couldn't come up with one because of my my sickness. But you used to play dodgeball as a kid, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, it's quite refresh good. my memory, but the way we used to play dodgeball is you get half the PE class on one side of the court and half the PE class on the other side of the court, and you throw mm-hmm. a ball back and forth at each at other. At their the... face. <laughs> well, yeah, but the object <laughs> is to reduce the numbers on the opposing team until there's only yes. one person left, right? Exactly, like, yes. If you get hit by the ball, you got to get out. You're out. You're no longer part of the game. Mm-hmm. And that's the object of the game. So if I got if I was playing dodgeball and I got hit by a ball, I would be bummed. But that's the rule. I mean, that's how it works. The, that's how the game is played. You reduce numbers until there's only one person left. So I I just I never understand like Coach and Ozzy or any of these people who sit and get so pissed when someone gets eliminated and they're like. Dude, you turned your back on me. You're 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 denying me. You're 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 a traitor. You you you're as bad as smoking marijuana because the <laughs> the the whole point of it is that you want to be the last person standing. So if you want to be the last person standing, the whole point of the game is to get everybody else out of the game except for you. Absolutely. So I, no, again, I you're, do quite you're correct. I didn't quite work out that analogy well enough, but it, it's just it would be so much easier in tribal council if when someone snaps up and is is like, I'm just going to be brutally honest like Brandon is and call people out. You want these three people to stay. You want these three people to stay. And that's the way the vote's divided right now. If coach just mm-hmm. said, look, the point of the game is that I'm trying to get to the end of the game to be by myself. And I'm keeping mm-hmm. as many people with me as I possibly can to get to the end of the game. That's why I'm here. It's not about loyalty and devotion. Uh, you're loyal to me so that I get to win. <laughs> That's the whole point. Yeah. I want to win. Well, people confuse people confuse the 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 idea of loyalty and and trying to represent themselves, you know well and being stand-up people and and people of honor and integrity and that's all fine well and good but it's a game of cunning and conniving and outwitting and holding your cards close to your vest you know why i mean ozzy i thought it was kind of funny when ozzy had that realization like oh god i didn't have to tell people i had the idol really i could have just you know thought about it a bit and apologize and just kept my you know my shit to myself instead you know it was just like oh i'm a free agent now so i've got the idol screw you and blah 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 and you're right and again we've gone to this point many times in analyzing the show if that's what we do um why do people not get the idea of keeping your tribe strong to get to the merge I, I don't understand that. Yeah, I mean, I understand the logic in that. If you go into a merge with the numbers, then you can pick off the other team, assuming that they lose. So if you have six on your tribe and they have four on their tribe, when you go into the first tribal council as the immunities, you immediately have six votes against their four votes, and you can pick them off one by one. That's the idea. But yeah. it, it rarely, again, I have to commend and recommend Dalton Ross's column on Entertainment Weekly because he does all this thinking that you don't need to do for Survivor. But he asked that exact same question, and he's a Survivor fanatic, and he went through the past 20 seasons to actually see if that was the case, 
if it really was an advantage going into the merge mm -hmm. with more people or not. And, he, and what he do you find out? Well, he broke it all down. I recommend you reading it. But basically, it was like of the 20 seasons, only three times has it actually happened where it mattered that going into the merge with more people uh, actually actually made a difference. Only three times. Wow. Every other time it didn't that's, matter. Uh, huh. Oh, there you go. Well, so then uh, that's maybe not the biggest concern. Well, and the other biggest concern that I don't understand is, again, and this was probably rash on my part, and watching watching the final, watching what happened at the end of Tribal Council, I actually had a lot more respect for Coach for the, his gameplay because I wouldn't have handled it that way. But mm -hmm. what happened was Brandon says, if this is the way this is going to be, vote me out right now, right? And if it were me sitting there in Tribal Council, I would say, uh, okay, well, from where I'm looking, we're still six strong if we keep Edna and Michaela, and this is our strong six, and we get rid of you, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, isn't that true? Why would the strong six be with Brandon? You know, why not have strong six without Brandon and say, why don't we all unify this? I got a great way to unify this tribe right now. <laughs> we'll be the strong <laughs> six and let's get rid of you. Right? How is yeah, that well, a good gameplay? I think that's excellent gameplay. And uh, although he has proved himself to be valuable in, in the challenges, he's pretty strong for a little guy. Yeah, but uh, that is true. And the other thing is what was brilliant about Coach's move was like he turned to Brandon. He's like, I love you, man. Integrity, Christianity, God's will. Mm -hmm. And so now he fully has a, a, a really strong partner in Brandon who's never going to change on it. Yeah. I thought actually the best part of Coach at the Tribal Council was at the very end when he gave Jeff the wink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's something about I can never. I'm not a wink guy. Like I can't pull that off. I'm always envious of people that can. Do you know people that are like that? That the wink just seems so natural and it's so charismatic and it's not smarmy or like you know icky. It's yeah. just real. And Coach has got that wink. He's got the kind of wink where it's like, oh, if he did that to me, I'd feel great. Yeah. I'm not a winker. I can't wink either. The man who lived next door to my parents and I in the house growing up, he had a, he had a great wink. He would wink all the time. He'd just be like, you'd uh, be the kind who would wink and move his chin rapidly to the right uh -huh. at the same time. That kind of wink. <laughs> yes, indeed. I am jealous of people that can pull that off. It's just a certain guy, a certain guy or a certain girl can get away with it. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good move. So the only one other thing I have to say about Survivor is I hate all the tattoos, and I especially hate... There's some girl that I have no idea who she is. There's two people on, on Survivor that I still don't know who they are, and one is the the cowboy with the big mustache who only shows up every now and then, although he had a bit of a stronger yes. part last night. And the blonde, uh, who I always forget is there, but I noticed her last night because in the challenge, she has a ridiculous blue concentration camp looking tattoo on her rib cage below her arm. Mm, was it some writing, some sort of script? Yeah. I don't know what it is, but what, what is up with the writing on the side of your body tattoos? I just, I can't, what do they said at gmail.com? Let me know what the point is. Yeah. Why would you do that to yourself? Or what would you have written on your side? Yeah. Mm, permanent, permanent marker. Yeah, precisely. 
Okay, well, I'll yeah, keep watching yeah. Survivor. I'm going to keep watching Pan Am, and uh, we'll see about The Amazing Race. I might, I might drop that, but, uh, you know, okay. good stuff. I'm, I'm going to watch Gossip Girl. All right, you do that, but don't let Hallie know. Don't tell her. Shh, don't tell her. All right, well, Let let's move out of this and say goodbye, but I, I, I do have, um, do you have any snark for the snark tank, by the way? You know, I did have some snark for the snark tank, but I'm going to put it off because this show is running and I want to I want to really flush it out. So let's do a phrased out. We'll save the snark for the snark tank till next week. And then I I really want to find out what you got going on. Plug a few things and we'll get out of here. Okay, great. I only have a, a real quick phrased out phrase. I would like to phrase out the phrase. Oh, snap. <laughs> oh, snap. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. I, I, I like to phrase that out because I, uh, I remember snapping from In Living Color. Do you remember that? Yes. Like that's what I was yes. first introduced by to snapping, which was Damon Wayne's character. They were uh, movie reviewers and he would do the snap in a Z formation and things like that. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. I don't really know if you remember, but In Living Color was on the air, say, 21, 22 years ago. Wow. With J-Lo. Yeah. As a fly girl. Yeah. Um, so th- to have mutated that into actual snapping into just saying "oh snap," it's 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 outlived its usefulness. It it has, and I would say if you really want to replace it with something, be, bring back Don Rickles. This has been proven for about fifty years now. Call people hockey pucks. <laughs> yeah, just call him, call someone a hockey pucks. Just call someone, or what he was saying. Actually, what Don Rickles says all the time now is, I'll tell you this. I noticed that. In oh, really? <laughs> watching this special, which, again, I recommend. Mr. Warmth, the Don Rickles project. You know that show something... Whitney that I can't, I can't stand? What? That show Whitney? Oh, oh that reminds us. Uh, that reminds us. That reminds me. We had some predictions prior to the fall season about which shows would be canceled and which show would be lasting. Yes. Uh, and your prediction about Whitney was... Uh, that it would be canceled after, you know, six episodes or so. Okay. Full season pickup for Whitney. Oh, yeah. I hate when I'm wrong. Here's my – every time I've I've watched – because I it, when – I think it's on after The Office. And so it'll tape a little extra so I get the beginning of Whitney. Mm-hmm. And she says before every joke that she delivers in the show, okay, okay, what if – okay – how about okay? That's not cool. It's always okay. In fact, they somebody strung together something on YouTube of how many times she says okay in the pilot episode, and it's <laughs> annoyingly distracting. <laughs> That's hysterical. Well, my prediction about Whitney came true then because I predicted it would get a full season pickup, you and did. then it would get uh, shuffled next season to either mid season or uh, as a replacement, and then fade away next season. So we'll see if that holds true. However, I will tell you that the show Suburgatory, which I said would be one of yes. the first shows canceled, full it's season doing well. pickup for Suburgatory. Yeah. Doing yeah. well, I know. I've, I've read, I've read about that show, and people are saying that they like it. And uh, I'm surprised. I think the Whitney thing has more to do with what you initially said of you know them building kind of a must see lineup around that show, and also the other show that she's involved with, writes or produces, called Two Broke Girls, is doing really good. It's kind of like a runaway hit. Yeah. And I think that they they didn't want to cancel her flagship show. 
and have her be pissed off, you know, because the other show's doing so well. So I think there's a little politics going on. There might be. And I, I haven't watched Two Broke Girls, but I like that actress. She was in Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist and in Thor. Uh-huh. Um, and I like I liked her in, in 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 those. So I haven't watched the show just because I, I I don't want to. However, I will say that I'm still treading water on my original um prediction, which although it mm. hasn't come true, I I said the first show to be canceled would be a show called Man Up. Um Yes. Which uh, has not been canceled yet because it just premiered this week. I saw that, and I was like, that's the show Jason was talking about? It's just now premiering. Interesting. So why do you think they held the premiere? Uh, I don't know. Maybe they were waiting for the Playboy Club to be canceled, which neither one of us even touched Uh, on, which was actually the first show canceled of the season. Yeah, yeah, it was fairly terrible. Oh, friend of the show, uh, that's what he wanted his costume to be, a Playboy bunny. Oh, I won't okay. say who the friend of the show is. <laughs> yeah, t- tell me, tell me off the air about that, or email us what do uh, they say at gmail dot com because your emails mean so much. Uh, so, Jason, okay. what do you got? Uh, what do you got going on this weekend? I hope to mend to my cold, but additionally, there's a uh, the theater that I work in. I might have mentioned this before. The theater that I in which I work has a art gallery right next door, and an artist is displaying a lot of her work there. And as a kind of synergistic promotion between the two spaces, the we were tapped to uh, write pieces or act in pieces or direct pieces based on particular pieces of art. So when the show oh, opened, I wrote uh, a piece uh, based on one of the art pieces and it was performed uh, without me seeing it on the night of the opening so this weekend is the closing weekend of the exhibit and i the theater company just came raging out at me and were like we loved your piece would you mind directing it for the closing i was like okay i'll direct it and they said well if you're directing that do you mind directing this other piece i said okay sure i'll direct this other piece well since you're directing that other piece do you mind acting in this one too so i'm gonna be acting in a show i'm directing a monologue and i'm also directing the piece that i wrote and that's all happening at the hyperion theater this weekend if you all want to come out and check it out uh i'm promoting the dickens out of it in my nyquil haze nice that's exciting man good for you thanks and then it's an I'm embarrassment going out- of riches yeah, I'm going out tonight to The Mint. I was going to go see executive producer Holly Sorensen of uh, the, our favorite show, Make It or Break It. Uh, uh-huh. But uh, she says she's up in her expletive in preparing for next season. So she's unable to make it out. But uh, I might be doing some uh, uh, What Do They Said About Music reconnaissance checking out I like that it. show tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's always, always warranted. Uh, speaking of that, we have a new episode of that, episode 36 up. It's uh, no interviews featured, just back to uh, basics, a little reviewing, a little uh, playing of new music, and it's doing very well. So check it out. It'll be up there for another week, and then I'll get another one together. And by the way, you can go to uh, www.podcastawards.com and vote for us in the best pod safe music category. And what Duvet said, just check that box. Um, we, we have the voting goes until the 27th of Rocktober. And we'd like to win the award. Why not? Yeah. And I will say, as I mentioned the two weeks ago, that every vote counts as two votes. You, first of all, you can vote every day. So go back every day and mm-hmm. vote. But if you have a smartphone 
you can log on from your smartphone and it counts as a different vote, provided you're not on your local Wi-Fi if you're actually using your cellular network to vote because it counts your IP address. So if you vote from your home computer, that counts as one vote with the IP address from your computer. If you vote from your phone mm -hmm. when you're out and about, that counts as a second vote from your IP address. So with all the computers and phones that I have, I, every day I can vote six times, Rob. Can you believe that? That's awesome. I'm doing that right now. As we speak, I'm voting for my, my smartphone. And speaking of smartphones, if you got one, why not listen to this show, this very show, The Tank, with, with Jason and Rob, on Stitcher, stitcher.com. We are on stitcher.com. We have been for some time. Yep. And it's a great way, it's a great way to listen to us. I, I actually downloaded it to my new phone and I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. It's, a, it's an app for your phone. You can get it in any app store. Yeah. It's free. So you can free. listen to the show you're listening to right now from Mevio.com as your subscription from iTunes. You can find it on Stitcher. We are spreading our claws across the Everywhere. interwebs. Yes. We are, we are tackling America one app at a time. <laughs> I so, need uh, to lie down and take a nap. Okay. I'm just going to really quickly uh, plug a few things. Uh, Want to give a shout out to the Succotash show. I think a clip from this very show will be featured in their next episode coming up. So look for that. Me this weekend, I'm just going to hang out with some friends. I am going to see a great show that I want to plug, though, on Sunday. It's The War on Drugs out of Philadelphia with Perling Hiss and Carter Tanton. Carter Tanton is a really amazing talent. I'll be interviewing him for a later what Duvet Said About Music podcast. You can read about his album, Free Clouds. It's on the blog, www.whatduvetsaid.com. There's a lot of interesting stuff on the blog. I did three posts this week, which is big for me, and uh, including an interview with Bob Duvet himself. Well, not really an interview, a piece on him, a think piece. And it's about the podcasting awards, and you can find out how to vote for us there as well. So go to the blog, www.whatduvetsaid.com. Wonderful. <laughs> Right. Occupy this! <laughs> Occupy this. Uh, feel better, Rob. Thanks. You too. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. I didn't, I didn't know I was feeling bad, listeners. I feel great. Can you tell me what the they said? Did you hear what the they said? Can you hear what the they said? Audible hopes you have enjoyed this program.